Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. This episode is brought to you by Gather and Pray. Visit their website at gatherandpray.co to check out their collection of interactive rosary boards, Catholic poppets, and other tools to aid in prayer. Use the promo code SAINTSALIVE to get 10% off your order. That's gatherandpray.co. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand-illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. If you love listening to Saints Alive, please consider donating so that we can continue to create these episodes. You can donate anywhere from $2 to $30 a month with some fun perks to go along with your patronage. Check out our Patreon account, which you can find through the donation page on our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Saints Alive. We will hear the story of St. Patrick. Some of you might know him as the patron saint of Ireland, but did you know that Patrick wasn't originally from Ireland? He was born and raised in Scotland, and though he believed in God, his faith wasn't a prominent part of his life until he desperately needed it. The story starts just off the coast of the city of Benaventa in Scotland. Patrick was 16 years old and lay asleep in his bed, unaware his life was about to change forever. This is the place. Men, take every strong man you see and we'll sell them as slaves and steal everything they have. These Scottish villagers are about to meet some pirates. What was that? Patrick! It's pirates! They'll take you if they find you! Quick, hide under the bed! What? But what about you? Where's Dad? He's barricading the door! Oh no! They're coming! Hurry! Don't let them hear you! Patrick quickly crawled beneath his bed. His heart was pounding in his chest, and he frantically tried to steady his breathing. Loud footsteps drew closer and closer, until his bedroom door slammed open. 
Now, what do we have here? Oh, a little laddie's room. Find the boy. Patrick clung to the foot of the bed, but the pirates grabbed a hold of his ankles and dragged him out. He fought as hard as he could, kicking and pulling to get away, but it was no use. The pirates shackled his wrists with chains and shoved him down the stairs. No, Patrick! Please! I'll do anything! Please, don't take my son! I'll come back, Mum. I'll come back. I promise. Patrick was dragged out of his home and through the burning village. He watched in horror as his friends and neighbors ran for their lives, the city enveloped in smoke. He desperately tried to think of how to escape, but it was too late. The pirates dragged him on board and shoved him into the hull of the ship with hundreds of other captives. He felt the ship lurch forward and sail away from the home and family he loved. It was a treacherous journey for everyone on board. The slaves were cramped together in the dark, foul-smelling belly of the ship. They were given nothing but scraps of food to survive. Patrick curled up against the wall, overcome with seasickness. He tried to hold on to hope, but despair crept into his heart as he listened to the wails and cries of the captives around him. After 25 long days, the ship came to an abrupt stop. A door from above was thrown open, and the weary, famished prisoners walked up onto the deck and into the blinding light. What do you see, laddie? The grass really is greener on the other side of the sea, eh? We're in Ireland! No. No. How can this be happening? This already happened. You best be getting used to your new home. Onward! March! Patrick was shoved forward and stumbled right into a tall, gruff Irishman who glared down at him. The man took a key out of his pocket and unlocked the shackles from Patrick's sore wrists. For a moment, he thought it was free until the man snarled. Quit dawdling and follow me, you filthy slave. The burly slave master led Patrick to a horse-drawn carriage, and they traveled in silence for days. He shivered through cold nights, yearning for home, and trying not to think of the life that lay ahead. His only comfort was the beauty of the lush green countryside and farmland that seemed unending. When they finally stopped, Patrick looked out at a small, cozy cottage. Smoke billowed from the chimney, and his stomach growled at the smell of hot stew and potatoes. Before he even had the chance to step towards the house, his master grabbed him by the shirt and shoved him toward the barn. Where do you think you're going? You'll be with the sheep in the barn. They're your responsibility to keep safe and alive. If a single one wanders away or gets killed, well, let's just say you'd rather be that lost sheep. Patrick stumbled into the drafty barn, lay down on the hay next to the sheep, and fell fast asleep. The next morning, Patrick woke to the sound of sheep shuffling around him. If he closed his eyes, he could almost imagine he was safe at home with his family. He forced his aching body to stand and face the day. He didn't know anything about being a shepherd or surviving on his own, but he did know he had to carry on. Well, I suppose I'd better start. 
Patrick quickly became accustomed to his new life. It was full of mundane chores, warding off predators, and long walks through the green countryside. It was lonely and quiet. But there's something about silence and solitude. We can either turn inward and grow bitter, or we can stop and listen to Christ, who can be heard when all is quiet. Patrick had grown up in a Christian family, but in the chaos of his everyday life, he had never truly known or loved the Lord. Now he needed God. He prayed like he never had before and came to know Jesus. Days went by, months passed, and the love of God filled Patrick's heart with each passing day. He found solace in his desolation and comfort in his loneliness. He didn't know what his future held, but he knew God would lead him. His faith had been a meager flicker that enveloped into a relentless fire, filling his mind and heart. Now he knew he wasn't alone. He had never been, really. Six years passed, and Patrick grew from a scared 16-year-old into a strong man of God. He allowed Christ's love to mold and change his heart. One fateful night, Patrick lay asleep beneath the stars. The rolling hills echoed with crickets, and his sheep herd nestled beside him. As he slept, he heard a voice speak to him in a dream. Go. Go. You need 
need to go, Patrick. Leave Ireland. Your ship is here. <gasps> he suddenly awoke and knew with certainty that it had been the voice of God. I... I have to go. I have to go. My ship is waiting. Patrick ran through the night, through the quiet starry hillsides and tangled forest. He sprinted through villages and cities, stopping for nothing and praying for God to give him strength to keep putting one foot in front of the other. At last, he reached the cliffs and for the first time since his capture, looked out onto the ocean. The dark waves crashed loudly against the hazy shore. Patrick inhaled the salty air and smiled. Just below where he stood, a lone boat sat in the harbor. His ship was waiting for him. All right, that's the last of them. Men, prepare to set sail. We have a long journey ahead of us. And these wolfhounds are getting on me nerves. Patrick made it to the dock just in time. He took a deep breath and drew up the hood of his cloak, nervously looked around, and walked aboard the ship. Whoa, 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 whoa. A pack of wolfhounds greeted him with ferocious barks and snarls, chained to the ship's mast. These hounds were enormous, reaching up to Patrick's chest. Patrick desperately tried to calm them down, but nothing worked. It was only a matter of time before the hounds would betray him. He had no choice. He gathered his courage and boldly walked forward, hand outstretched and shaking. To his relief, the wolfhounds licked his face and happily wagged their tails. Patrick sighed and chuckled in relief as he patted their heads. That a boy. Good job, that a boy. But it was the sudden change in the hound's demeanor that caught the attention of the crew. Why, you? Who are you? Show your face. Patrick slowly turned and lowered his hood, revealing his scratched and dirt-covered face, the face of a slave. You're not a part of the crew. I know who you are. You are runaway. What is this? This slave snuck onto our ship. Is this true? Explain yourself. Yes. This is true, but... We are lucky we haven't left for sea. You'd have been thrown overboard. Get him off my ship, at once! Patrick was dragged off the boat and thrown headfirst into the sand. He sat back coughing, his eyes burned. The toll of his journey suddenly caught up with him. His legs felt like jelly, his chest ached, and he felt depleted. He watched helplessly as his ship sailed away and prayed from the depths of his heart. Lord, I know you've led me here. Please make your will known. I'll follow you wherever you lead. Back on board, the wolfhounds began barking wildly. The further they sailed, the louder and more ferocious their deep barks became. Their chains rattled against the ship's mast, shaking the entire boat with each tug. What's the matter with them? Someone come down these hounds. They're, they're trying to break free. What should we do? Aye, I can't stand it. Turn the ship around and pick up that filthy slave. Patrick stood and brushed the sand from his tunic. He squinted into the morning sun reflecting off the ocean and realized the ship had turned around. It was coming back for him. 
soon as he stepped foot on board, the wolfhounds abruptly stopped barking and bowed before him. <laughs> Good boys. Good boys. Ah, oh, thank you. You got lucky this time. Hey, easy. I let him back on. Captain, thank you for your kindness. Can I ask you where we're headed? The coast of Scotland. Now stop talking. After many days, the ship sailed into the port of Benaventa on a clear, sunny afternoon. Patrick gathered his belongings and stared down the ramp of the ship. Well, aren't you going? What? Oh, yes. Thanks for the lift. Yeah. Patrick slowly walked down the ramp and through the crowd of merchants and fishermen on the dock. His steps turned into a jog and then a sprint. He ran through the crowded city streets, remembering all the places he had played as a boy. He breathed in the air, his heart soaring, and smiled. He was home. anyone home? Did you hear that? Who is it? Sir, what are you doing here? Dad? Mom? It's me. It's Patrick. I don't know who put you up to this, but it's cruel to joke with a mother's grief. My son has been dead for six years. I must ask you to leave at once. Patrick was so different from the boy who had been kidnapped years ago. He stood tall above his father a thick beard covering his face, and he had picked up the Irish accent. He slowly walked forward and took his mother's hand in his own, looking into her deep brown eyes. Mom, I promised you I'd come back. Patrick? It can't be. Patrick? It is you. Patrick! Patrick, it's my boy! family shed tears of joy and relief as they embraced. The six long years of grief and suffering faded away in that moment, and all was as it should be. Over the next few days, Patrick and his family joyfully reminisced, laughed, and cried together. Now, Patrick, have you given any thought to your career? I'm sure I could find you a position within the council. You would just have to... Clean up that beard of yours. Well, thank you, Father. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. All I knew is that God wanted me to get on that ship. And I think the beard is here to stay, unless the Lord tells me otherwise. <laughs> Your faith is deep, Patrick. Now, the sheep are good Catholics. They wore off on me. And so did the accent. You came back sounding like a true Irishman. I'm so proud of you. 
But what I don't understand is how you came to know God in a pagan country. Well, God kept watch over me, even before I knew him. He consoled me as a father consoles his son, and I came to know and love him. The days passed, and although he was happy to be home and free, Patrick's heart longed for more. He felt restless and couldn't stop thinking of Ireland and the people he had left behind. He prayed to God to make his will clear, and the next night, as he slept, his prayer was answered. Patrick, come back! Patrick, we need you! Please! Come back? Why would I go back? Lord, what do you want of me? Patrick, return to Ireland. The people need to know the love and truth of God. I have to go back? I have to go back. The next morning, before the sun was up, Patrick packed his belongings and prepared to leave. He knew that this time, he wouldn't return. I don't understand, son. You want to go back to Ireland? Patrick, you can't be serious. You're finally home. They kidnapped you. They took everything from us. You can't go back and help them. I don't want either of you to suffer because of me. I love you and I miss you more than I can tell. But the Lord brought me to Ireland for a reason, and the people there need to know the love of God. I've been entrusted with this mission by the Lord. I suppose I am selfish for wanting you to stay. I trust you, Patrick. You have my blessing. I want you to stay, Patrick, but it's time for you to go. Go where he leads you. You were made for greatness. You were made to save the Irish. Patrick hugged his parents tightly and wiped the tear that had trickled down his cheek. He turned around just once to wave goodbye one last time. He knew his mother was right. God had sent him to save the Irish. Now, during this time, Ireland was a pagan country which meant that the people worshipped mythical gods and goddesses. They would make sacrificial offerings, and when their crop was lost or famine struck, they assumed they had fallen out of favor with the gods. Patrick knew that the people of Ireland needed to hear the gospel and receive grace through the sacraments. So before he left on his mission, he studied to become a priest for five years at a monastery off the coast of France. The day he was ordained, he boarded the first ship to Ireland. Evangelizing a pagan country wouldn't be simple, and Patrick ran into trouble even sooner than he had expected. He was speaking with a small group of villagers and explaining what Christianity was when the pagan chief noticed and abrasively approached. What gives you the right to speak to my villagers? You're forbidden to be here. I'm here to help. God has sent me to bring the truth of Jesus and his church. I don't know who this Jesus is. But if you don't leave at once, it will be the end of you. Well now, surely we don't have to be violent. The chief towered above Patrick and drew forth his sword, holding it high above his head. Or maybe we do. Patrick stood his ground, 
The chief's eyes flashed with anger. He roared in fury and tried to strike Patrick. But suddenly, his arms froze in midair and became stiff as a statue. What's happening? I can't move. Your people need to know the love and truth of Christ. No, we worship our own gods. We don't need any others. The chief's body became stiffer still. He gasped for air and looked around in panic. A small crowd had gathered and looked on in shock. Please listen to me. I am a Catholic priest and I promise to lay down my life and serve your people for the rest of my days. They must know the truth. Well? Fine. Do what you must. The chief's body immediately relaxed and he collapsed on the ground gasping for air. Patrick reached out his hand and helped him up. I'm Father Patrick. It's a pleasure to meet you. I am Dichu, the leader of this village. I don't know what sort of magic you just did, but... It wasn't magic, and it certainly wasn't me. The Lord works in mysterious and miraculous ways. Come with me. I know the perfect plot of land to build a church for your people. Well, I never said you could build a church. Oh, come on now. We don't want God to freeze your legs now. Patrick was persistent and relentless in his mission. He's credited for evangelizing the entire country, which simply means spreading the gospel. He traveled to every corner of Ireland, from the lush green farmland to the crowded villages and rocky cliffs. He was joyful and convicted in the truth, and it wasn't long before people began to convert. Hundreds of churches were built, thousands baptized, and the bitter, despairing country had found what they had been aching for, hope in Christ. One afternoon, many years later, Patrick stood on a grassy hill overlooking the cliffs. By this point, many of the pagan people knew of him and were skeptical that this Catholic priest could change their mind. I don't understand. How could there possibly be three persons in one god? You worship three different gods. You're pagan like the rest of us. No, you see, there's only one god. But there are three separate persons within this one god. Patrick looked out and saw a sea of doubt and frustration in the faces looking up to him. He offered up a small prayer and looked down. That's when he noticed a small three-leaf clover at his feet. He smiled as he plucked it from the ground and held it high above his head. Here, see? This is the three-leaf clover. There's only one clover, but three separate leaves that make up the one clover. Just like God. Oh, now I understand. Why didn't you put it that simply the first time? Yes, I come to you with the truth and love of God. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. As Patrick continued to speak, more and more people gathered to listen. A husband and wife were walking by when the commotion caught their attention. Hey, what's that fella doing over there? Well, how am I supposed to know? He's got something in his hand. I think he's talking about a clover. <gasps> Oh, he must be a gardener. What kind of gardener? Whatever, talk. Shh. I want to hear what he has to say. He might have some handy tips on growing more potatoes. Patrick was appointed bishop and lived a long, full life devoted to evangelizing the Irish. 
he had arrived to the country as a young, scared shepherd and became a shepherd to the people remembered for centuries. Because of his sacrifice, Ireland became one of the strongest, most faithful Catholic countries in the world. In the year 461, he was asked to write a book detailing all that had happened in his life. He was old and frail, living in a small cottage in the countryside. Despite all he had accomplished, he remained humble. He was merely the instrument that God worked miracles through. He picked up his quill and paper, wondering where to start. Well, I suppose the only place to start is the beginning. My name is Patrick. I'm a sinner and a simple country person. I was 16 and I did not know the true God. I was taken into captivity in Ireland, along with thousands of others. St. Patrick was fearless in his mission to evangelize. What are ways that you can spread the gospel and love of God with those around you? Maybe you could tell your friends and family about ways that you see Christ working in your life, or teach them about parts of your faith that they might not know about. Evangelization takes courage, and all of us are called to this mission. God loves you, and he's choosing you to be a saint in this time and place. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. We are so grateful for all of our wonderful listeners and need your help to keep this going. Please consider donating to our ministry through our Patreon account, which you can find through our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. A special thanks to the Lee, Fisher, and Martin families Joseph, Thomas, Francis, and Elizabeth True, the Weber and Lynn families, Jacob, Charlotte, and Eli Mazawi, Tom and Rita D, and Xavier, Caroline, Samuel, and Julian Spitzberg. Thank you all so much for helping make this podcast possible. Make sure to tune into our next episode for part two of St. Joseph's Story, premiering March 20th. <laughs>